sleep is going to be imperative to everything you do. But also I would argue that when we're looking at being the best at anything or saying like, this is my priority and I want to do this, we always say that everything needs to be taken like a pie, right? If you're taking one, if you're taking a huge slice, then you just don't have enough left over for some of the other things. And I think the best thing that we can all do is just be honest and upfront about the fact that we're taking a giant slice and unapologetic about that and not trying to make the other slices bigger than what they can ever be. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Rachel. I guess you've just taken over the intros now. You don't even ask me anymore. Yeah. You used to <laughs> ask me to say, do you want to welcome us back or do you want me to? And yeah, I always I said, I want you to. Yeah. So then it just became, it is known. <laughs> It just you. became known that I'll just you do a great job. Crack us out. You do a great job. Sometimes it's decent at best, but you're doing the best you can. I just realized I still had my headphones on that were completely unnecessary. I was like, why am I hearing her twice? <laughs> oh no. Do those need to actually come out though? Uh no. No, that's 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 fine. Okay. Well. Now this, you have to do this new hair. Now, now. it has it's a, it's a new hair. hair it's, getting a little, well, it's, a, it's a rainy day here in Massachusetts, and that's really not conducive to my look. <laughs> well, I think whatever products you have in there well, are doing great. You're doing your job. Yeah. It's, it is a rainy day, and your hair doesn't say it's a rainy day. <laughs> it's not telling me the story of the weather, which is just, a, I think, an indication of great products. Oh, thanks. You want to plug anything? or No, I don't really have anything awesome. I actually just need to, that's on my list of things to be better at, is like nighttime face routine and just like moisturizing, self-care stuff. Is it? It's on my list, my ever-growing list of things I need to be better at. Um. I mean, I think it goes in waves because, like, there are certain times where I'm like, "Yeah, I'm you doing do a great job." Though a sixteen-step routine, and then sometimes I go to bed with my makeup on. So, yeah, it's those, all about balance. Those are extremes, but I feel like overall you do a great job. Like, whenever I am in my phase of like I need to get better at this, I'm like, "What you using?" What's going on over yeah, there? Like, I, I feel like, you know, yeah, there are people that you go to for that kind of stuff when you want to revitalize a part of your life. Oh, I wanted to tell you a funny, well, it's funny to me. Funny, haha. I was going to send you a Snapchat last night, but I couldn't get it together. But I, <laughs> it was only something that you would understand. So that makes total sense to say it in front of thousands of people on the podcast. <laughs> it's only something Kelsey's going to understand, but I didn't get to send you a Snapchat. And we don't have a lot of time together, so I'll just use this avenue to tell you. I was cleaning the kitchen last night. We always do like a, someone cleans the kitchen and someone gives Rory a bath. That's the, that's the way we split at night. So I got the kitchen and I was cleaning up and I always like put on my music. You know, it's the only time I can listen to my own music because Rory has his own favorite songs that he likes to listen to in the car. Because I am woman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of them are good songs that I like, but like you what a kid will just, do mm. if you like show them a good song that you like is that they'll just play it out so much that because they don't have any limit on how many times they can hear it. They want to hear it 67,000 times, sometimes in a row. Like, it, it'll be like, I just want to listen to One Republic someday for the whole entire ride to school. And I'm like, well, it takes 25 minutes to get there. And he's like, yep. So I, I just want to insert my toxic trait as an adult 
is I do that. No. I li- I'll listen to the same song for an hour in a row. It's a really weird thing. I don't One. know if I've ever told anyone this. That's so gross. It's a weird thing. Like, I will just, like, get a song in my head and I will stim on it. Like, That's I will disgusting. repeat over and over. And I won't even let it start a playlist, like, oh. on the radio. Like, I'll just be like, nope, I have to listen to it again. And I will do that literally for an hour. That's so disturbing. So I don't know if he's going to grow out of that. <laughs> this is disturbing news. I think it's an ADD or an ADHD quality. It maybe. feels calming, which like it's a, it's not necessarily like that surprising to me because I'll watch, uh, like I have a couple movies or show that I'll watch over and over. I watch it to the same place. So it's the same 10 minutes of a movie every day. So like, that's a weird thing, but like, it's very soothing. <laughs> Seriously. This is very upsetting news. I can't. I can't believe that. He'll you probably go out of it. So, okay. <laughs> anyway, so he has his songs that we have to listen to on repeat all day, and then when I get my turn with the radio, I like to listen to whatever I want to listen to. So last night it was going to listen to Gloria Stefan and the Miami Sound Machine while I'm cleaning, and I'm like, come on, shake it, body, go no, come, come, no, you can't do So this is good clean music, right? So <laughs> I'm cleaning the dishes. Song. So they, when they come down, you know, he brings Rory down wrapped in a towel. And then it's, like, known that I have to shut off all my stuff because Rory's going to watch his, like, you know, 10 minutes of a show before he goes to bed. So I grabbed my speaker, and I, and I said, come on, Gloria. <laughs> they can't handle a natural heat. <laughs> And I walked away, and no one laughed. No. No one laughed. <laughs> no. There's no way they couldn't laugh at that. No. I, come on, Gloria. <laughs> and no that one. That is pure comedic gold. <laughs> no one laughed. No one got it. And every, this, could be a, this could be a quiz for our listeners. Everyone, what movie is that quote from? If you don't know, we aren't friends. <laughs> I, mean, I, I work in I mean, it's a very well-known movie. It was before its time, but it is pure gold. I I don't know if there's any other hints that I can get without giving it away. I, I don't wear shoes. <laughs> no, you can't say too that. Many, too, many too many hints. hints. Okay, too, too many hints. But anyways, I really needed you right then. And <laughs> I was going to send you a Snapchat later, but I was still cleaning up the freaking Taco Tuesday mess that was uh our kitchen last night so i could so i didn't end up doing it but i'm glad i got to tell you now it was really (laughs) it was really good come on when do you have the opportunity to to use that to use that pure gold so you know what first of all i can't believe no one laughed at that we might be able to give the five-year-old a a pass on this one but my husband is the worst he doesn't do movie quotes he He doesn't do movie quotes yeah that's not but you know what he's not a particularly easy laugh though either i think like i at first i thought i just kind of surrounded myself with really funny people and then i was told that i'm like an easy laugh and i was like i don't think i am like you gotta be funny no, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. But like a little bit, right? my sense of humor, at least. Well, all, all I know is if I throw in a movie quote joke, then I'm definitely getting laughs. Oh, so yeah. that's why I wanted to snap you that because I was like, shoot, I know she'll laugh at this. Oh, yeah. It's going to be 100% a sharp thing. It's gold. And you did it perfectly. Yeah, I mean, point. yeah, me and Gloria left the room and we continued cleaning by ourselves because they can't handle our natural heat. That's what it is. They can handle my natural heat. I can't wait to see if people get this. You can't look it up. Don't. Hey, hey, no on cheating. a system, no Googling. You either get it or you don't. Oh, should we tell them the text podcast? <laughs> It's okay. I would, how about this? We have multiple gifts for you today. How about that you can also get 10% off your order if you text the word podcast to 22896. And new customers are going to get 10% off anything you want site-wide on all your cool gear at CBG. And also you get to have a movie quote extravaganza should we like do a giveaway yeah, for like, let's, like give, it? let's give something if somebody gets this and we're gonna go on our system here like you did not google it 
and you comment what the movie is. You have to be the first one to comment. You want to do it in the app? Let's do it in the app. Okay. In the app. So you have to be the first one to comment on our podcast post that goes up on Tuesdays in our CVG Nation app. If you're the first one to comment what the movie the is, the correct movie, then you get this week's release for free. How about that? Ooh, I love it. How about that? How about that? I love it. I think, <laughs> but no cheating. Because no one can handle your natural heat, let's be <laughs> honest. So you need free stuff. So you get this week's release for free. Get in our CVG Nation app if you're not already in there. And today's podcast is a controversial topic among me and Kelsey. We already had a fight before we even started the <laughs> podcast about this topic. So I think it's going to, I mean, maybe it shouldn't be so controversial, but you it know, is. It's, it's a really hard, you know what? I feel that anything worth really talking about is going to be maybe fairly controversial. All right. Like I could, I could right. spin it like that. And I want to like start this with, I had a question that I wanted to ask you that started this whole thing out. And I want to preface this by, I heard this, um, I heard this question asked by Jenna Kircher and, uh, I started reading her book because, um, she has a lot to say about this. She's an amazing entrepreneur and mother. And, um, I was just, I listened to a podcast with her and then I was like, I have to read her book because she just, are like, you reading or listening? Listening. Yeah. 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 You know, <laughs> I'm a not hard. I know a lot of people, a lot of really like book people. My cousin is like this, like only hardcover, like have it in your hands. Like they are very committed to that. I will not read something if it makes me sit down and just commit to that one thing in one place. I, I listen, I like to listen to books and podcasts, but I have to listen while I'm doing other things. And this is actually a great segue into what we're talking about with some balance and finding ways to relax because well, like, I, I think it goes along with everything else we always say is like, what's the best way to do it the way you're going to do it. Like Mark sent me a thing that was like some a stat, like 74% of people haven't read anything since high school. And it was alarming to me that that was that high. And I think, like you said, there is a lot of rules around reading, how you do it, how you have to do it, what kinds of things you have to read. Like I just, it, reading is statistically shown across the board, increases your ability to be an intelligent and well-rounded and informed person in the world. So like it's a hundred percent a good thing for everybody. It's like a universally accepted thing. Reading, working out, like those are things that we should all be doing, but the way in which you should be doing it is so up to you. Should you be running or should you be weightlifting? It's completely up to you. It's the way you want to do it. How should you be reading? It doesn't matter. You should just be reading. If it's listening while you're doing something, that would personally drive me off a cliff. I cannot do it that way. And I'm the same way. I have to have an actual book. I can't even read things on Kindle. Like that is like, I have to have the actual pages and stuff. So, but like, really, it's just about the fact that you want to be reading and like you read a lot of not, I don't want to say self-helpy kind no, of what, books, what you're, like, you're, you're alluding to exactly what it is because I told, you know, my man friend of what I had started reading because, um, and he said, I was hoping he would read something, uh, more relaxing, joyful, fictional. He was oh, like, yeah. you're deep into like, so like every time I seek something out, it's really in a way for me to try to become better or learn something. And as I was thinking about that, of like, how do I, how I keep doing this? And like, what are some ways I could be better balanced with that? But I think what you hit on is a really important point that I just want to yell from the rooftops is that like these rules that we've created on how you can do things are really counterproductive to doing things and being a reaching your goals and being productive and all of these other things, because 
I can tell you as a person, I thought that I needed to check off certain boxes to be a successful person. If I was going to be productive during the day, I had to do the productive things that the most, that the best entrepreneurs were doing, that they said were making them the most productive during their days. Like I had to do it just like them. And the fact is that they made that up for them. They didn't make that up for me. And like, I am not going to sit down and read a book and feel relaxed. I'm going to feel more stressed. And for a lot of people sitting down and reading a book is a relaxing task. So when you look at like ways to relax and ways to create balance in your life, you see, you know, disconnecting, you see like, uh, you know, read a book, be on a hammock, like all of these other things. And that to me sounds stressful. I feel stressed. <laughs> The permission, I guess, granting yourself the permission to be a unique individual that knows your unique needs and is comfortable with that is because like, like you said, like the rules definitely do have a sense of superiority too. Like when you see someone reading a self-help book, it's like, damn, they're better than me. Look at me over here reading the smut. I'm always picking smut with sex scenes and shit. And I'm like, I'm not becoming a better person. Like what the hell? Because we have these superiority rules. Mark always does it with coffee. He thinks he's superior because he drinks black coffee. I'm like, excuse me, there's no rules. If I put milk in my coffee, I'm still just as good as you, bitch. <laughs> so it, this is the thing, like whether you're listening to the book, whether you're reading the book, whether you're relaxing on a hammock, whether you, your idea of relaxing is painting the house, like these, there is no superiority. There is only like what brings you joy. And I think that the permission of that is just a powerful tool to be able to really live your best and fullest life. Mm. Yeah. I, and that, that's just like a great segue. And what we're going to talk about today is developing some work-life balance that aligns with you. And I think the most important part of that is what aligns with you. Cause when I originally started thinking about this, I thought about what everyone keeps telling me that looks like and how that felt odd and not really right for me. And like the ways to relax, they didn't feel right for me. And like taking certain amounts of like time off, like it didn't feel right for me. Like it didn't make me feel more balanced and aligned with how I was personally feeling. So what I wanted to start this off with was the question and it is, how are you? Really? And this was, in, I told you, so inspired by the book that I'm reading, but the question really is that it's a common question that we ask all the time, minus the really. We ask to people in our lives on a daily basis, like, how are you good, fine? And oftentimes we answer with lies. And that's an interesting way to put it, I think, because it, it really is lies. Because like oftentimes we're not only lying to the person that we're answering the question to, but we're lying to ourselves. Well, it's one of those arbitrary questions that people don't really care about what the answer is. Some don't. <laughs> Some do. Some do. Most, um, I, I agree with you. I think most people don't. But I think when you ask, how are you really? And you're waiting for an answer and you're being patient with that answer. You invite other people to do the same to you and for you to do the same to yourself. So I would encourage... And it doesn't have to happen every day, but I think it's really important to start asking some of the people who are closest to us that we're maybe not connecting with or we wish we could connect better and to ask ourselves, how am I really? So I'm asking you, you're asking me, really? Well, it's feeling a bit therapy session to me, <laughs> but how am I really? I am extremely anxiety ridden. I cannot sleep right now because I am so anxiety ridden, which is obviously the, if you haven't listened to our sleep podcast, everything when you're not sleeping is just so much harder. Everything is so much harder and problem solving is harder. So if you have this issue that is causing you anxiety or, or decision that you have to make, it's so much harder to see clearly on that without sleep, but then not making the decision keeps you from sleeping. So it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird place right now, but we have, you know, we, there's a lot of changes and decisions going on in the business and those decisions are hard and we take them very seriously and it's hard to be 
I guess, responsible for <laughs> the well-being of what we consider the well-being of so many people. And um, so that's, yeah, that's hard. That's hard. That's how I'm doing right now. <laughs> I'm riddled with anxiety. How are you doing really? <laughs> well, I think, thank you for that answer, Rachel. You're welcome. <laughs> I think that I love how honest you were with that response. And I think that that honesty invites other people to answer in the same way. I think right now I am feeling in this season of my life, I'm feeling really energized and I'm feeling a lot of excitement for where I'm going and what I'm doing. And I have come to this place where I started without that excitement. I started with really questioning what I was doing, where I was going, if it was the right thing. Why wasn't I on the same path as everyone else? <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> and I, I kind of worked through that to a place where I could really own the season that I'm in and feel energized about it because I love the work that I'm doing. I love working with thousands of women who are looking to improve their lives. I'm really thankful that I get to speak to women on a weekly basis, just about shit with my sister. I'm really excited that I get to work with my family and my best friends all the time. And I'm really excited about what my life is. And it's really changed because it, it used to, I used to have being like a competitive athlete as the top of my list. And as that started to fall, I started to question who I was and like, was I even anything anymore? Like what was important about me? And I think that's a question a lot of us have depending on the season that we're in and thinking about maybe our season is changing and what does that mean and what does that look like for us? And then owning how we actually feel about that because I'm a bit of a gypsy and <laughs> I live in a small apartment and like basically live out of my car. A lot and of clothes in that car. There's so many clothes in my a lot car. Of clothes. And at first I was kind of like, what are you doing? Like you're so busy. You're running around all the time. Like you are just like an incredibly busy person. You go from like thing to thing to thing. You got home. It's like nine 30, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized like, I love that about my life. I love how busy I am because I'm do I'm excited about the things that I'm doing. So not that that doesn't come with it's like days and challenges and stress, but overall I like it. One thing is I'm so excited that you're excited. That gave me one thing about sharing your actual feelings and emotions with people is that they rub off on other people, you know, like the things that you describe bring up things in other people that they're like, huh, you know, I hadn't, I wasn't thinking about that. That wasn't forefront in my mind. That wasn't top of the list for me. But now that you just mention it, I'm thinking about some things like that for me. And it's, I think that, you know, it's true that your, your well being and your energy really rubs off on a lot on the people around you. And the more that you share, the more, you know, just relatable and the deeper your connections and relationships really are, which is, I don't know, the whole point in being here, I guess, because we're just being here. floating around on a rock in space, guys. <laughs> it's the whole point in being here. And you can feel inspired by some of the other things that people are saying, or even just be able to relate some of, to some of feelings of anxiety or feelings of stress and being able to say like, yeah, that's sometimes man feels hard to breathe, <laughs> but like, and, and that's very real and can like relate to people around that, but also take into some of the choices that we've made and how, how that can energize in certain ways. And I wanted to, I wanted to think about some of the things like I want everyone to ask themselves this first of all. And if you feel comfortable sharing with us, we'd love to hear from you, but we would like to know how are you really? And taking that into account, answering honestly and trying not to convince yourself that you feel a different way. And I've fallen victim to this before. So I totally, I totally get it where like you say, like I should be feeling 
X, Y, and Z. Well, it's that superiority of certain things. I should be really drinking black coffee because that's the most superior way to drink coffee. It's that feeling that I'm saying the wrong answer as if there was a wrong answer. As if there was a wrong answer. For your own life. Mm. Yeah. I love that you said that because I always felt like I'm saying the wrong answer. I should be thinking about when am I going to get married? When am I going to have kids? Like I'm at that age where like I should be thinking about these things and why aren't I? And society gives you like so many ideas on that of like you're failing if you haven't reached this milestone. But how am I really? And... What does that look like for me? That's very different than all the messages you're getting and receiving. I think a lot of people at very different, you know, seasons in their life have felt this. Like when you have a baby, a lot of people are like, well, this is the best part of your life. You should be thrilled. And a lot of women are experiencing postpartum depression. Don't tell me what the best part of my life should be, okay? <laughs> First of all, like, you know me like that. You know what I mean? What a what a massive assumption that you would know, oh, this is going to be the best part of your life. But don't you feel like, like that's, a whole, that's a whole thing? Like, oh, yeah, people, no, it's people definitely do the, a thing. People do oh that God. with inserting the fact, uh, I, I think, on women all the time of, like, if you say, like, I'm really happy with my life right now, wait till you have a family. Like, no, you don't actually know. That. And that has been said to me in a way of like, I'm never, I have not experienced a type of love or a type of joy in my life because I haven't experienced it like someone else has. And it's just like, that's, we're on different journeys and we can decide for ourselves. And also one's not superior to the other. Yeah. <laughs> One is not superior to the other. There is no the best version of love and the best version of caring and the best version of anything. There is just the one that you have experienced and like everything is perspective and it literally doesn't matter how yours looks next to the person next to you because yeah, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. I also think we, we have these like rant, not random, but these feelings over what you should be feeling like if you're successful you should be really stressed and you should be work to the max and like if your work is your number one thing like you should be doing it all the time 24 hours and if you're not stressed or lack of sleep are you working hard enough and I think that there are these it's like these little rules that we have where like can you say excelling in my career is the most important thing to me, but I get eight hours of sleep. Like, <laughs> well, I would always argue that excelling in literally anything is going to require eight hours of sleep because <laughs> I'm just as, as someone who's working sleep deprived. Well, not only that, but I've always been someone who has been very, sleep is always super high on my priority list. And that's why whenever anybody told me that having an infant was going to be the best part of my life, I was like, you can go jump off the nearest cliff because you have no idea how important sleep is for me. And this is absolutely like the worst thing that has ever happened to my, my sleep patterns um, <laughs> so, so yeah that might be the <laughs> best you for you honesty but. there <laughs> um, I, I would argue that sleep is going to be imperative to everything you do but also I would argue that when we're looking at being the best at anything or saying like this is my priority and I want to do this we always say that everything needs to be taken like a pie, right? If you're taking one, if you're taking a huge slice, then you just don't have enough left over for some of the other things. And I think the best thing that we can all do is just be honest and upfront about the fact that we're taking a giant slice and unapologetic about that and not trying to make the other slices bigger than, the, than what they can ever be. So if you're going to say, and this is what I want to say about like work-life balance, because I know that there's a really big movement right now to be like, you know what? Don't make work your number one thing. You'll just work yourself into the ground. That's not what life's about. Don't give everything to your job. You'll have nothing left over. And listen, I am so glad that this movement has taken steam because I think for far too long, people have been out of balance. However, I would like to also point out the fact that that can't also come with being the most successful in your career, right? You can't say, 
I'm going to give this 50%, but I want to be the best at it. That's not how that works. So if you want to say, I don't want my career at the forefront right now because I want something else there, understanding that your career is going to suffer and the possibilities for it are going to lessen is just like, that's just real. And I think that a lot of people are kind of, we're always on like one end of the pendulum. And right now it's like, fuck work, work doesn't matter, just go places, just travel, whatever. But the fact is, is that your career will suffer for that. And there will be consequences, such as the fact that you may not be able to travel as much as you wanted to, because that costs money. And I just think that like, always remembering that when you're giving to something, it's going to take away from something else. And just being honest and upfront about that is really like the way. And I feel very comfortable to say like, there have been certain times where being a business owner has been my number one thing and I've taken from everything else to do it. And there's been times where it hasn't, but I just, I think that wanting everything simultaneously at once is going to set you up for a bad it's a bad look because it's, it's just not realistic. Yeah. I think that there is more of a false idea out there that you can have all of these things. And what we do is we go on the internet and we see everyone who is at the, who is showcasing the thing that they are the best at. Right. And then, although we know that's not our number one, we compare ourselves to the person doing the best thing. So, and we know this by how we search, right? So you look, you want to say like, I would love to like redo my kids. So you look at all the best home decor out there. You look at the people who literally specialize in redoing their house. They're DIYs and they're phenomenal. They only do DIYs. Like they, they don't, that's their thing. And they create all their content around it. And you're like, well, I, I have five kids and a job, but I should be able to. I'm going to create the slack wall. That's what I'm going to do. I don't have a single screw in my house. I don't even own a drill, but I get ideas. I know what I'm going to do. I don't, I like the internet for that fact of like being able to have at our fingertips, like access to all of these amazing creators and these amazing ideas. But where we start to suffer in comparison is thinking that our number 10 on the list can be as good as someone else's number one. And when it isn't, we beat ourselves up over it. We say like, why am I just such a piece of shit? Why do I never spend time at the gym? Why am I not excelling in my career? Why am I not the best mother? And it's just like, well, what is your number one? So what I had thought in it, and you, when I was thinking like, maybe I would just like slide this in for you to talk about is just like, you know, at one point you decided that being a mom was your most, it was, it was going to move to your number one. And I know that wasn't an easy choice because there's a lot of people in a unique situation of looking at you and being like, well, I want your time. And I want your attention and the business being like, I want your time and your attention and you having to hold to know my number one is being a mom. And I think that for a lot of women, they have a lot of guilt about making that decision and continuing to beat themselves up over it. And then they want to try to work like they don't have kids and parent, like they don't have a job. And it's like society wants you to do that too. No, 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 <laughs> no qualms about it. And, and the same thing for, you know, being a competitive athlete or being the best in your career and still maintaining your like other relationships. This is across the board, but I think it's a unique situation for women a lot and one that maybe you could speak to. Yeah. Well, I think when we talked about Serena, I think it was the exact same thing of like, even a person who has access, I remember people saying on the internet, well, why doesn't she just get a nanny? Yeah. <laughs> you missed the point on that one. Because <laughs> she, she has so much money that she, she can do everything yeah. because she could just get a nanny and she could, oh, she doesn't want to limit her time away from tennis. Why don't she just get a surrogate? Because she can do, because she, she has unlimited access to all the things she wants. And it's like, even a person that we sit and consider the fact that they have unlimited access because they have excessive amounts of money, even that person 
had to admit that there was certain things that they were not willing. She said, I'm just not, I want to carry my own child. That's important to me. Like, yes, could I have a surrogate? Yes. I want to um, be with, spending time with my daughter. I do not want to have a nanny that is with her 24-7 and I'm spending very little time with her. That's not what I want. So it's like, I think that there was a lot of ways to go about having my son and having the business, there was a lot of different options and things that I could do. I'm very lucky that I had some options on like, did I want to do a lot of childcare? Did I, what, how did I want to work this out? And at the end of the day, I just decided that the business for me had to take a back seat because I was going to do momming as number one it came with a lot of feelings on that because it's a, a little bit of a unique situation to be a business owner because when you feel the pressure of your job, that is definitely a, a certain type of pressure. But when you feel the pressure of that, a lot of people are relying on you for their job. It feels sometimes as if your decisions are being, they're impacting way more people than just you and your family. And that is a hard thing because it makes you feel, makes me feel as if my decisions need to be made with everyone else in mind and not just me. I can't make selfish decisions because people rely on me for their financial well-being. And if I don't put 100% into CVG, what does that mean for our packagers? What does that mean for our customer support? What what does that mean for the business? Is that lessen the longevity? Does that mean they're not going to have a job in a year? Like, what does that mean? Everybody makes their own decisions. And I just, I'm really lucky and fortunate that Mark can really take over, but we made certain sacrifices to make that happen too. The fact is, is like a lot of the time is me taking on the bulk of the responsibilities parenting wise so that he can take on the bulk of the responsibilities for the business. And that is a decision that we had to come to and make because we, I wanted to make momming my number one thing. It's really hard sometimes to not be here as much. And it's really hard to sometimes feel less connected here than Mark is because he's so in the trenches of every day. And I'm picking up Rory from this and bringing Rory to this. And I don't have childcare all the time during the week, but that's the season. And then also like a big change is about to come because he's about to go to kindergarten. So like, it's about to become a different thing where I can say like, okay, I think that this is now a time where the season is for me to be more professionally motivated and minded in, in the back to the business. And that's a whole ass vibe too, because there's just a lot of feelings and emotions that go along with how much you are wanting to give to your career. And I find the balance to be difficult to maintain personally, but I think that it's worth trying because, I mean, I've seen so many people literally run themselves into an early grave by trying and failing to ha to make a decision that didn't lead them to try to do all of the things at once. And I just, I think that that is, that's not freedom. And what we're really all looking for is freedom. And like what we want, making that number one and being unapologetic about it, I think is the biggest freedom that you can have. And and like you said, not being salty about if the business takes a dip when I'm away from it, I cannot be salty about that or say that's not fair or because that I went, I, that was eyes wide open. Yeah. Well, I, I loved that because I felt like that was really a, you know, a decision you made with your eyes wide open. And I think that was an honest one that I think a lot of us could just think about the honest decisions that we are making and just really own them. Because when we're not honest with the decisions that we're making, that's when the resentment comes in. That's when the comparison comes in and where we're just 
feeling like we're missing, missing the mark where we're not moving in the right direction, where we're not being honest with the choices that we are making. And it's a hard thing to just be vulnerable and honest with yourself and say like, this is what my number one is. This is what my choice is. This is my truth. But it's such an important one to owning the season that you're in because ultimately if you don't do that you're gonna miss the season and that is what kind of like is sparked this idea for me because I was thinking about I was thinking about the fact that like I'm not a mom and I would like to be and that would bring a lot of sadness to my life when I would think about it but I also knew that if I miss the season that I'm in I'm going to miss the girl who gets to go gallivanting around Newport on a Sunday morning and like just without anyone waiting on me to pick them up or like, you know, who gets to spend as much time at the gym or travel to New Hampshire or do kind of the freedom things that I have the ability to do. I'm going to miss her when I am in another season that's going to be equally as exciting. Like I'm good. That's going to provide a different type of energy. But what I really don't want everyone to miss is the season that they're in because no matter what, it's not going to last forever. I think when people, they look back and they're asked like, Hey, give advice to someone who is before, you know, we have seasons often go with age too. So it's like, there are certain things with your age that you're doing or not doing certain activities, availability to things, like you said. And I think if you ask somebody, Hey, look back to two seasons and give advice to that person, they would be like, stop looking ahead. Because like you said, that rang so true to me. All the moms just went, yeah, remember when I could just go somewhere and no one was waiting and I could just go and I could spend time here and I could do these things. And it was, and we always look back on that with the rosy colored glasses, right? Look, it's so much better than, but the reason why I think people do that is because they failed to soak it up at the time. Because if you soak it up at the time, there isn't any like, oh, I look back on that and that was so much better. Because it, and I, I felt this so many times with other moms saying like, oh, this is going too fast and slow down with their kids. And I don't want it to go this fast or whatever. And I personally have felt like I saw everything. I don't have any like time, slow down, wait, don't go. I want him to be this age forever. I don't feel like that at all because I owned the fact of I was wanting to be with him a hundred percent of the time and give everything else up to do that. And I didn't miss anything. And I, that's like being true to the season that you're in. Whereas like, I, I wish some of those moms could be like, Hey, I worked at the same time as being a mom and I kept everything together and look at how amazing I am. I'm not wishing that away or I'm not wishing that it, we could go back or stay right here. Like I am so proud of the things that I've done and seen. It just, it really does feel good when you can not romanticize yesterday, but just like live 100% in today. Or even romanticize the future, right? Like, like you, you can get into that idea of things when I feel that type of love or when I have a family or when I have these things, like that will be so awesome. And like, it will be, but it will never be, I will never be here again. So I just like, I had paused on that at some point in the weekend when I had like started out feeling a little bit sad and then thought like, this is the season that I'm in and the one that I've chosen and I don't want to miss it. And I've thought about it at other points in my life of different seasons that I've been in. They've always been very busy. <laughs> that's, that's definitely a theme that I see over and over. But the fact is, is that I like to be busy. And that's what I choose. It's not something that's inserted like on me that I'm like, well, if I could just get through this, which I hear a lot of people saying they could just get through their lives. They could just get through this week or this month. Or, and we'll get to that a little bit later. And like recognizing that it's time for a change. If that's what you are feeling constantly, if you're looking at your calendar and you're feeling like you just have to get through this, it's time for a change. But 
really looking at the staying in the moment that you're in and looking at the season that you're in and thinking about owning that and being honest with it and not letting other ideas of the season that you're in taint taint your idea. I was listening to, I was reading the book. Actually, I was listening. So I was reading the book, the book that I was talking about and she's a really successful businesswoman. And she, she talked about her experience with getting pregnant and it was a really difficult experience. They had a lot of trouble and she was very open about it. And when she finally had her daughter, she took an entire year off from her business. And this is with, you know, she's got so many employees. This is her thing. But she really, she told all of the people that worked for her that she did not want to any opportunities to speak any opportunities to that would come up. She didn't even want them. And she created this email response back during that year period that she was just going to focus on being a mom. And I just thought that was a really interesting take on it because I was like, wow, were you, she was relevant or she was worried about not being relevant anymore about falling behind, especially when she had so much momentum going in her career and she had this major disruption, but she decided because it was so difficult for her to, to conceive because I think it provided a lot of perspective. And sometimes those difficulties for us, I know I, how I related it to me was I know that like competing at Wadapalooza was a really difficult thing for me in my first year. And I had tried to be, you know, I tried to go to regional several, several times and like things had really fallen through. And when my first work out there, I was living it. Like I wasn't nervous. I wasn't just like, not that I wasn't nervous. I was nervous in a good way, but like I didn't miss the experience because I knew how hard it was to get there for me. And I knew this, it wasn't going to be forever. I wasn't going to be running at the, on the beach at 5am in Miami, being able to run with some of the best athletes in the world. Like this was a moment I was not going to miss. And I was hearing a lot of people, you know, as we gathered on the beach at three 30 in the morning to gather for our heats, a lot of people being like, this is ridiculous. Why do we have to be here so early? It's dark. It's blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, Ooh, you're missing it. You're missing the thing. I, a lot of the times when we're in an experience, it's, it is sometimes it's hard when you're going through a rough patch to see where this could possibly serve you, right? Like, and there are just some things that you just at the time feel very sure that this will never serve you in any way and that this is just wildly unfair and that you would rather not I'd rather not. If I could choose, I'd rather not have this difficulty or this challenge or whatever. But I think you're right. I think that most people who experience something and come out on the other side of it can certainly say that there are areas of their life that were different and changed and perspective that they gained from that challenge that it just it can't be bought. It can't be manufactured. You can't be told it secondhand. You know, I talked to you a lot of people who had, it, it was very easy for them to start their family or very seemingly easy to me. They didn't have any tragedies or, or difficulties. And to be honest, I just know that I know what I know and they know what they know. And those are two different experiences. And the way that I do things is different because I know what I know. And it's not a superiority thing. It's not like, because sometimes I'm like, yeah, I would have not rather. I would have, <laughs> maybe we could have not done that. But you know what you know because you've done the things that you've done. You face the hardships that you faced. And I do think that if there is a silver lining, certainly it can be that the way that you approach things has a genuine level of gratefulness that just wouldn't have been there otherwise, or would have been harder to come by. You would have kind of had to force it, you know, um, reminding yourself that 3 a.m. is a fine time to be on the beach yep. <laughs> swimming in dark water, um, trying to remind yourself of that 50 times rather than just mm -hmm. having it come natural. But that's, oh man, 
the things, man, the things, things. the things that you learn, but if you can look at them in, in in an honest light and then, and then just own it, I think it's like such an important part of that process. So I want to talk about some ideas with maintaining the work-life balance. And this is like, so a lot of the times when I talk about this, I'm like, well, something sits at number one. So there really is no balance between those things, right? Like something's going to sit at number one. So like recognizing that truth and then figuring out how to navigate that for us individually is going to be just that. So individualized. That's why we started with just being able to identify what it is that's important to you. What is, what is, what is it in this season that is most valuable to you? And we spend a a lot of time talking at, looking at like time and money, but not looking at our energy. And I think that at certain points of our lives, we trade time for money, money for time. And we do this in different ways, right? Like you can look at trading your time for money when it comes to your career, but you can look at trading money for time when it comes to things that are accessible, like Instacart, Uber Eats, lands, like getting landscapers, people clean your house. In those ways, you are putting in things that are going to, that you're trading money for time. These give me more time to be able to do other things. And that's important to me. And I think we, we look at that exchange and I think a lot of people are better about looking at that exchange and being able to identify which one is important for you because it is an exchange of those. It's so weird that you brought this up because we, Mark and I were, he's so much better, so much better about the idea of trading money for time and the importance of it. And I'm so much more hustle culture of like, I'll just do it all myself. And like, you know, not having, not being able to draw lines and say like, yeah, but wait, what is this doing to your quality of life? He said he was listening to an entrepreneur who has ordered every meal for like two years in a row, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He has it delivered to him. He has not made a single meal in his house in two years. And he said the reason why he does that is simply because of the immense amount of time that it saves him. And he wants to put that time cooking, cleaning up the whole thing. So Monday, we ordered takeout, which is kind of weird for Monday because typically I start the week with meals, but I was just, I'm having enough time right now. So Monday, we ordered takeout and we were outside playing with Rory afterwards. And he said, really rings true to me. We'd be inside cleaning up all of the stuff, but because we got pizza, we just threw up the pizza boxes. We can be outside with Rory right now. Whereas one of us would need to be in there cleaning up. And he said, I, I really can understand that guy that said just orders every meal now because we, this wouldn't be happening without the takeout. Yeah. And like, it was like, I had never really thought of it that way. Cause when he said that originally, I was like, that's an ex- that's such a man thing. You're going to order every meal. Yeah. This is it's so such a man thing. ridiculous. It's a, well, it's like, I tend to relate a lot to the like, quote unquote, like the man things, because like there are tasks that I do not want to do. Like we have a running joke about. So I said to Mark, I, well, we were talking about my house and I was saying that a lot of women, which I learned with our unicorn release, have these. I don't know if we want to call them trinkets, but they have a theme in their house and there's a whole bunch of memes about it. And I heard about it on Tinder and then it became a real thing. I didn't know this existed. So apparently when you go into a woman's house, this is kind of a side note, but like you, you pick up on this theme, like, is it owls? Is it unicorns? And then I went to go stay at this house in Newport, which was my friend's friend basically, but she's a female entrepreneur. And I looked up her, her up online because I was staying in her house for a little bit and I got to figure out who this lady is. Who is Dina? <laughs> because she had so many like, and she's, she's an online personality. She did some Ted talks. It was like a thing. So I, I felt the connection, but anyway, it was right after the unicorn release and she has unicorns, all unicorn salt and pepper shakers. She had like a unicorn head when you walk in. And I was like, this is what they're talking about. And I've seen this with owls. So like, ladies, I know, I know this is a thing you told me in the live, I get it. But I said to him, I said, I don't have a theme. <laughs> like, and, I, and he goes, 
Let's start with the pictures on the wall. I've been trying to get you to get a cleaning lady for the past like okay. two years. This is this is real life, guys. I was very. I've been working hard on on the hustle culture thing too because I think it's just you know some of us have this like I will just do it myself. That's how we've you know, built our lives, and and I don't say I don't want to say that in a negative thing. I think it's a very a good thing, but I think that it, there is a space to learn where. When we surround ourselves, what would, what is this worth to me and how would that make my life easier? Getting a dog walker. Great, great idea. I was very resistant. Changed my life. I was very resistant to the idea because I thought, what does that mean for me? Am I paying such less attention to Harley? I'm not, you know, taking her for walks, but I can't even take her for a walk at the end of the night. And it, it wasn't like my walks with her went down. I felt less guilty about leaving her because someone was coming in and ju- that's their only job is taking her around and like letting her do the smells and stuff. And I could still, you know, come home and do my walk with her, but now she gets double. And the guilt level alone, I would have paid big money for. I didn't know that that was going to relieve me internally of so much stress. And that's what I'm talking about when it comes to energy is like, we're not looking at our energy exchanges enough, in my opinion, and being honest with what is energizing us and what isn't, because we think that like, if we are in a season of our life that's very busy, we should be really tired. But if we're really energized about the things that we're doing while we're busy, we're not tired. We're thrilled with them. We're so energized with them. And I had thought about that when I was thinking about, you know, the time I was in, here's a crazy time. I was in grad school. I was working at a level five school with kids for emotional impairments. I was building CVG and I was also trying to be a competitive athlete. And I had this moment where I was at the pool and I went from my pool workout to have night classes and I was running with down the streets of Boston with wet hair, trying to get to my class that I was already 15 minutes late for. Let's be honest. <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest. And then at some point during my night class, because it went until like 9.30 or 10, I felt myself like starting to fall asleep. But when at, at some point, like when I had gotten out and I was like walking home and I was like picking up things that I could walk to, I said like, this is really busy and this is insane. But like, I kind of love it. Because I love what I'm doing. I love what I'm learning. I was really excited at the time about what I was learning in grad school. And I still use it now. I That information is was extremely valuable to me. I was getting, <laughs> I was getting my master's in clinical social work. <laughs> I use all of those skills. I have zero regrets for that. But it was a really busy time. But my energy was... I was really energized by the things that I was doing. And... Instead of just thinking about our exchanges when it comes to time and money, what about if we insert thinking about our exchanges and energy and what is really draining to us and what is energizing us? That feels very hopeful to me. I think that feels very, it just feels very hopeful to me. It feels very, you know, sometimes it it feels so one-sided when it comes to the way that you're looking at your life and, you know, am I happy or not happy? It's like, it's it's very black and white. Yeah. Like the human experience of being happy moments and like non-happy moments. Like, exactly. Am I successful or not successful? Like everything feels so black and white, but when you think of it, more in terms of, you know, exchanges of your energy and like what is bringing you joy and what could be improved on and what is taking away some of your joy. Um, I think that that's a really great way to kind of get rid of the stigma that there is a successful and unsuccessful and happy and not happy and that there are these two courses and instead there's like 57,000 gazillion courses and that they're all intertwined. And, you know, I, I think that looking forward to your life and being energized about the things that are bringing you joy and like you said, you know, exchanging looking to exchange some of those things that may be taking away from your energy. It's a cool, it's a I think that's how we avoid burnout, right? Because like, I don't think you can avoid burnout by just either exchanging time or money because burnout is from your lack of energy. 
So like there are times where like, you know, you're committing all of your time to something, but you are really energized about it. Like it's taking up all of your time, but like, are you enjoying it? And I think when we get into those two camps, not that those other camps are important, but when we get into just going to one of the one or two of those camps and not thinking about our energy, I think that we are, we are leading ourselves into a phase of burnout and then thinking about like, how are you relaxing and what do those things look like? Which we talked about a little bit at the beginning, but like, it doesn't have to be the thing that everyone else is doing. I had an extreme amount of guilt around the fact that like I would get my nails done and that would feel like a very stressful experience for me. I told you about this. And like, I was like, this is not, everyone is going to this like spa and it's like their time away. And like, it doesn't feel like that for me. And I recognize that there are moments where I need to learn to relax because I am one of those people who feels guilty when I'm relaxing. I feel so guilty. I'm never relaxing. I'm like, or or I try to do the things other people say are like the relaxing. Like I'm like, Oh, I'll sit on the couch and I'll binge watch some episodes. I'm stressed the entire time. (laughs) And like, none of that feels good. And maybe if that feels good for you, like I'm here for it. That's your relaxing time. Like I am so here for it, but that's not for all of us. And it is a skill. Relaxing is a skill that you need to learn. It's not one that you just like, well, I can just relax. I don't feel that way. I feel like it's a skill that many of us really need to develop and develop. And it doesn't come with the just relax air bunnies. (laughs) It's not how it goes. And it's not even like necessarily with a yoga class or something. I'm like, can I skip the laying down at the end? Cause I got things to do. That's part of the whole idea. But I'm like, I gotta go. (laughs) It's, it's something that we need to learn and practice. And I think that I've talked to you about meditation being one of those things for me. Cause I was like, I'm just bad at it. But I don't think that for a lot of people, if you're thinking like I'm bad at relaxing too, number one, I get you. Like we are, (laughs) is that a lot of people? No, (laughs) I think it is too. I honestly think that like we have these ideas that like we are relaxing, but like, are you, and does that feel good for you? And do you feel guilt-free about it? And in our, we've romanticized hustle culture. So like we have these guilty feelings that aren't leading to relaxation. So if you're one of those people, I just want to say that it's a skill It needs to be practiced, but it also needs to be molded to how you relax and not taken from someone on the internet that says, this is how you relax. It's just someone cucumbers on your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's less cucumbers. Maybe it's, yeah, I, that's freeing too. That's freeing too. The idea that relaxation comes in a lot of forms and that you have to find the one that's for you. And on, just on balance, balance is not working in both extremes and then calling that the sum of your efforts. Balance does not mean I'm going to do the, the most extreme of this thing, then the most extreme of the opposite thing and just call that, well, like, yeah, that's, and we've talked about this on a podcast before, if that's not balance. Consistency is balance. Doing, making your number one priority and then saying, how does this fit into my life is really what balance is about. And I just want to, you know, normalize the fact that if you have a goal, it is okay to put everything that you have towards that goal. You just have to understand that there are going to be other areas of your life that are going to suffer as a result. But the goal is your goal. And if you want it that bad, then go for it. Then go after it and find ways to make that goal consistent because just doing it 3000% for a month and then being like, and I'm now dead and I can't, I'm never going to do that thing again is, um, you know, that's the opposite of balance. You got to find a way that you can consistently go after your goals and consistently look at that pie chart and say like, where am I at? Yep. I think I just want to end with, I hope this was helpful to you for finding you know, some work-life balance, but I think that you can identify when you aren't in line with your goals, when you aren't in line with the life that you want to live, 
when you look at your calendar and when you say, am I looking forward to the things that are on there? Does that make me feel energized? And not just looking at the exchange of time and money and looking at where your energy falls when you look at the things ahead of you and being honest with that. And that brings up a lot of questions for people. Is it time for a change? And change is inevitable. Change is going to happen whether you fight it or not. And you get to choose the type of change if you're honest with what your what your goals are, with what energizes you, and then aligning everything else based on that idea. So if you have decided that XYZ being a mom is, is the most important thing in your life right now, when you make commitments, when you look at your calendar, does that align? When you say yes or no to something, an opportunity that's presented in front of you, does that align with your values and the life that you'd like to live? Because if you say, I want to live a really stress-free life, but you continue to stress in your job or you continue to spend all of your time there and you say like, but my important thing is my life, you're not aligning. But vice versa, if you say the most important thing to me right now is advancing in my career, then your decisions behind that will align and you just, we just need to be honest about it. So I'm just, I just want to say, welcome change. If you've decided, if you looked at those things and you've decided change is a part of your journey right now, then try not to be so scared of it because it's going to happen with or without your permission. And either you change towards life you want or one that you don't. I'd rather be in the driver's seat. Of I want to be in the driver's seat all fucking day. I mean, <laughs> it's a toxic trait because <laughs> it, it's a toxic. Hopefully this has help, been helpful to you guys. We love you. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.